He is one of the richest guys in the entire world, and he is also one of the biggest drug dealers on the planet. And today the trial for El Chapo Guzman got underway. This is a four-month trial, which is being held in Brooklyn, New York, because Mexico can't carry it out. There's just no question. And you'll, uh, you will recall that El Chapo uh, had been taken into custody a number of times, but inevitably he was taken in in 2016 um, after evading police for decades. And don't forget, he kept escaping jail. So you couldn't hold this guy. And so now big time measures have been put into the United States. It's unbelievable the protection that is going in to keeping this guy secure, <laughs> let alone alive. But he's never left alone ever. And uh, he faces 17 charges, uh, including, you know, things like money laundering, murder, and importing more than 200 tons of illegal drugs. And his tentacles reach very deep into this country. Because if you've ever had party drugs in Toronto, like cocaine, thank God I've never done it. But if you've done cocaine, chances are it was brought into this country by El Chapo. So he's not a nice guy. And this trial will unveil just how ruthless this alleged drug lord was. And so much so that a jury today, as part of the jury selection, one of the jurors was so scared of being selected, she had her doctor write a note to have her excused. She don't want to do it. So this is a big trial. Let's bring in Douglas Century. He's an author and the journalist behind the book Hunting El Chapo. He joins us now. Douglas, uh, you have followed El Chapo. You know all about El Chapo because you've written about him. And now you're seeing this story unfold in a in a in a courtroom in New York, Brooklyn. Um, and it's off to a bumpy start, namely because I think this is one of those those stories and chapters in American history where people, as much as they want to see justice done with El Chapo, they're probably too terrified to be part of the the process. Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. Already, you know, they had a jury pool of a thousand. Had 46 juries interview, jurors interviewed, and uh, already this morning there was supposed to be opening arguments. A woman who had been crying, juror one, uh, brought a note from her doctor that she was having too much anxiety. I mean, it, it sounds like it will be a circus. I did not to belittle the, the fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really think that Chapo in Mexico had an enormous amount of power, and a trial in Mexico, first of all, would be unthinkable. But uh, jurors would have been at great risk. I don't really think these these folks are at enormous risk, but just the uh, you know the mental and psychological pressure of this level of scrutiny would make anyone anxious. Yeah, absolutely. I, would, I wouldn't want to. You know, I I don't think Chapo is the kind of figure that has. Uh, flown under the radar in pop culture. So almost everybody has some understanding of what he represents if they don't know you know, the details of his drug organization. Sure. And as you say, this is not being tried in Mexico. Why is it being tried in the United States? Is it simply because um, of the fact that Mexico would never be able to carry off such a large um, trial? Or is this because of the international courts? Why is that? Well, the thing that traffickers there's never been a, a trafficker as big as uh, Chapo tried in American justice. The thing they fear the most is is extradition to the United States and seeing justice in a in a you know U.S. federal court in this case in Brooklyn. Um, it's it's partly because I think Mexico you know two up their hands and you know he escaped from the, the one prison and then was on the loose for 13 years mm-hmm. escaped from altiplano prison which is their most maximum security through that famously through that 1.5 kilometer tunnel i don't believe anyone in mexico felt that even if he, he'd been convicted he would have been 
secure in a jail there, in a prison. So um, he was extradited, which was quite a surprise. It was the last day of Barack Obama's presidency, and it was almost like a hand handoff. There was some message being sent almost to, to Donald Trump saying, he's yours now, try him. And I, I think they're trying to send a message perhaps uh, that nobody is above the law. Um, the other reason it's in the U.S. is that the Drug Enforcement Administration and Homeland Security, that a great deal of the evidence is uh, American law enforcement. Sure. So... I mean, I don't think you can underestimate, we can underestimate the reach that El Chapo had. I mean, people think, oh, in Mexico, but the guy has got his stamp almost around the world, certainly here in Canada. Yes, all the cocaine, almost all the cocaine in Canada. Uh, you know, compared to Pablo Escobar, who was basically a narco-terrorist, Pablo Escobar was pumping, you know, tons of cocaine into Miami, but he didn't micromanage his business the way I've read all these text me- messages yeah. that Chapo sent. He, by the way, he used BlackBerry. Exclusively all his people had BlackBerry because he thought cleverly that BlackBerry being a, a, an Ontario-based company, U.S. law enforcement would have a harder time getting court authorization, which they did, but they still got the court authorization from, from BlackBerry. And all the street drugs in Canada, it would come in through Vancouver. Um, Chapo had a kid in, uh, in Vancouver posing as a college student, and he demanded to know every night by text message how much was in Toronto, how much in Vancouver, how much in Winnipeg, Calgary, every city. And it was in the hundreds of thousands. Toronto was in the millions, nightly. So, yeah, all the street drugs in Canada, basically, and Chapo had diversified as well into uh, methamphetamine and other, other, basically every drug you can imagine. All the cocaine that you would find in a Toronto nightclub is Sinaloa cartel. Wow. And, you know, people, if people ask, well, you know, it's his power bomb. No, as long as the consumer appetite in North America is willing to put a, a guy like him, he's, he will not be a problem again. He'll go to prison forever. But as long as there's a consumer appetite in Canada and the United States and Great Britain, uh, there will be billionaire narco-traffickers making the Forbes list because we supply the income. You know, uh, the the uh, affluent consumer in, in you know, and by the way, it's not... It's not only street drugs. It's it's lawyers and stockbrokers and all the people in North America who recreationally use cocaine gave Chapa all his power. Wow. And so uh, it, since he's been taken in and off the streets, has that, I mean, has the level of drug use diminished or has someone simply filled the vacuum? Oh, it's it, absolutely not diminished in any way. In fact, so the violence in Mexico, there's a guy named El Mencho. And he's the leader, a slightly younger uh, guy than Chapo, Chapo 61. This, uh, he's about 10 years younger. He's in Guadalajara, so his cartel is the Jalisco cartel. And there's been murders and murders and murders. Sinaloa's murder rate has gone up, even uh, resorts like Cancun, because now it's just who's going to fill the vacuum? And, no, I think the, the pipeline of drugs, you know, Chapo has – he was the mastermind of the narco tunnel, these enormous super tunnels that go under the U.S. border which a lot of good a wall is going to do to stop that, right? Right. Uh, they're undetectable, and absolutely not. They're, they're, he had a co-equal in the Sinaloa cartel, named Ismael Zambada, El Mayo. He's still out, and there's, there, there's no diminishment in the appetite for drugs, so the supply will remain the same. Um, so the question then is, why put him on trial? Well, it's to say in a sense that nobody is untouchable, that John Gotti or whoever, you know, Chapo may have seemed a Robin Hood figure to a lot of people in Mexico. It was a, a compelling mythology. He rose from nothing, a little boy selling mm-hmm. oranges on the street to being a billionaire. But at the end, uh, the, the man I wrote, the, the DEH, and I wrote the book with, Andrew Hogan, I, in the end he said, you know, 
the point of capturing a guy like Chapo to, to track, track him down is to show that no one is above the law. No criminal, even though Chapo's reputation within Mexico was that he was untouchable and uncatchable and no prison could hold him. Uh, law enforcement has to send some kind of message that no one is above the law, that no one, no crook, no criminal, no narco-trafficker is beyond the reach of justice somehow. And I think the trial will end with Chapel being in prison for life in the, in the federal system here in the U.S. And does he have any power at all anymore, or has it completely been blunted and that's it? Uh, he has some. So his sons, but the problem is they're called, the, in the slang of the narco world, they're called narco juniors. Yeah. So... The narco juniors, his sons were on social media posting pictures with Lamborghinis. And Chapo actually drove a, a very simple uh, Volkswagen Passat, but it had um, armor plating. Yeah, <laughs> he had did. very few, very few luxuries. His sons were importing, you know, jungle cats from Africa and flashing, you know, hundred thousand dollar Rolexes and crazy things like that. Uh, he lived below. He did not want to flash his money around, even though he was a billionaire. But his sons don't have that level of respect. And uh, no, it's a very cutthroat world. So already there's jockeying for for position. So I don't think he has the power, even though the U.S. is treating it like he might break out of uh, the federal system or they're closing the Brooklyn Bridge as if there was a paramilitary type uh, escape operation. It, no, he doesn't have that power. Just just before, um, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, some don't. They don't. They're in their twenties, and they they don't command the respect. They don't have that level of having risen through the ranks mm. the way he did. So uh, no, I think El Mencho. There's other cartel leaders who will who will fill the void, but it won't be Chapo's particular organization anymore. Someone will fill his shoes, capably. Yeah, well, it's going to be a fascinating trial, and uh, we'll see what kind of drama it brings. But I thank you so much for the insight. He's a fascinating guy. The book is Hunting El Chapo. It is still available on bookshelves. Douglas, thanks so much. We'll have you on again. Alex, I appreciate it. That is Doug Sentry, and we'll follow that trial. That, uh, that would be one hell of a trial to cover Whew. on Global News Radio.